Gina, start the countdown. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 Terminator activated. We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast. The content of this podcast is intended for an adult audience due to the nature of sensitive subject matter and topics. Share the experience of Romantic Truth with friends on Google, CastBox, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Breakers, Apple, or any other podcast platform. Just type in Romantic Truth in the search and subscribe. Now, here is the host of Romantic Truth, Jowson. I would like to personally thank you for listening to Romantic Truth. You may follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. You may ask your friends to subscribe to Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth. Or you can leave us a message at Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth backslash message. You may contact us through email at RomanticTruthPodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams. Jocelyn with you here from Manic Truth Las Vegas. Let's talk about not dating men with potential. Those who decide to bypass those men with potential. Now, we're going to examine both of these phenomena. Now, let's do the latter one first. Why do women ignore men who have potential? Many times they've been burned already. They believed in the guy's dream, the dream never came to fruition. And what she did was, as she sees it, waste her time with this man. So they try to go and find men as they are in their present state, judging them that way, pretty much like some men do women. Here is the thing, ladies. One of the things that men judge women on, they're a deal breaker. 
children? Yes. Does she have a bad reputation? Yes. Based on how she looks? Yes. Because, see, the thing is, you ladies think that sometimes men just look at you as sexual objects. But the actuality is, physically, men look at you as being the one thing physically that they hope to get out of the relationship as a positive. You know how you have your standards and you want the man to be a certain height, you want him to be this, that, and the other, career-wise, economically? Well, men drop the bar on that to just your physical attractiveness. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to be a beauty queen or Beyonce or anybody else, but it just means that you have to be physically what he wants. Because the way he looks at it is, I'll deal with all of the character issues she has. I'll deal with all of the behavioral issues, all the situational issues she may have, all the results of that situation, and the X factor with her. So these guys are giving you these things that they're willing to contend with based on the physical attractiveness. The reason for this is because if he's not physically attracted to you, all the rest of those others, you never get a chance to come about. As far as he sees, this is how many of you wind up in one night stands, getting ghosted after the guy has sex with you. It's because of the fact that you really was not the woman they wanted in that sense. Now, why is that? It has nothing to do with you personally. It has to do with their taste. Now, another thing too, that's the reason why the guys who talk about how they'd never be with a fat girl wind up sleeping with a fat girl and then leave her. Hypocrisy at its finest. Now, the other thing too is this. A lot of guys who claim they have potential don't. You said a lot of gamma males who say they have potential. They got a mixtape coming out. They're gonna be this artist or they're gonna go and become an actor. Anything that a guy tells you ladies that you can go and look at the stats on like for instance, that wants to become a rapper. What's the statistics on that? He wants to go into the NFL. Only 16% of the people that try out actually make it. 16% leave wide out of 32 teams. So, the chances are very slim. And what does this mean? Okay, what if he goes to the tryouts, doesn't make it the team, on one team. He goes to the tryout on another team, he doesn't make it there. And then, he followed his dream all the way from college. He's still trying to go for it. This is where you got to make a decision. Do I do it vicariously through him for a better life? Or do I create my own and let him go in and pursue his endeavors? Now, the other thing with this. The guy who has potential is usually the 9 o'clock guy. Remember I told you about the four guys that most women have? You don't think about it, 3 o'clock guy? It's a guy that likes her, but she doesn't like him, and he'll do anything for her. He's more of a nuisance than anything else. But some of you want to soften the blow and just have him as a friend, just in case you need to use him for something. Get your 
Pizza at 3 o'clock in the morning. Popeye's chicken at 2. No. But what you have to realize is that he's going to always be faithful and man loyal. This is the guy that the women will marry when there are no other choices in there. Then you have the 6 o'clock guy. He's the party guy. He's the entertaining guy. He's spending money on the women. That's the night you can bring your girlfriends out on girls' night out. Because he's going to be there and he's going to buy the drinks. Because he's trying to get next to you. And you bring your girlfriends there to play defense. To keep him at bay. While you go and enjoy the evening at his expense. Guys like this, they never get it. That no matter how much they throw into their wallet for you, you'll never like it. The 9 o'clock guy is the guy with potential. He's the guy that has a job probably, going to school, and he's going to be something. Or he's getting ready to apply for a job that's going to change his life and could possibly change yours if you're with him. The reason why a lot of women get left behind by this guy is because of the fact that she starts complaining. She doesn't see the full picture of what he's doing. And I will tell you this, ladies, the more you complain about the potential guy trying to go forward, the more he's going to shut down. And God help you if he's in proximity of another woman, such as a classmate or something like that, and understands his problem. She's going to be the beneficiary of all of his efforts. Not you. Then you have a 12 o'clock guy who's the guy that he don't expect anything from you, he doesn't expect anything from you. So let's look at the expectations. The real clock guy, your expectations for him is to be loyal, dependable. The six o'clock guy, your expectations for him is to always try to get with you by paying for things. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get anywhere, but he's doing it because he was brought up the wrong way as a man. Number the 9 o'clock guy. Your expectation is that he's going to be successful at some point. He's like uh, an angel investor in that context. You're investing in him in order to be successful. Like a stop before it becomes an IPO. The next person. Your expectations are zero for the 12 o'clock guy. He's a guy you can come home to his house even if you're in a relationship or whatever you're having and you guys can screw you can be friends with benefits or whatever there's no strings attached there's no problems there's no feelings and usually these relationships linger in the background for years even though you see other women and you may be going with other guys now here is the thing though the women that wait around for guys with potential Depends on how she has her standards set. When most women make their mistake with 9 o'clock guys, they don't know how to set standards or parameters. You know when I tell you about the four questions, categories to ask? Who are you? What's your purpose? What are your strengths and weaknesses? What are your intentions? That second question, what's your purpose? Should fall into the category. Uh, the guy with potential. Why is this? 
He should have a passion for what he does. He should have done the research upon what he's doing. He should see some sort of result coming through. He should educate himself in that area. He should have data and statistics upon the success rate in that particular endeavor. These are things he should have right off the bat when he talks to you. Not to gab about, oh, well, I'm hoping to be this, I'm hoping to be that, one day I'll be this. If he hasn't started on the journey, he's already failed. That's the first thing. That's the first filter you should use with a guy with potential. A lot of you don't. Because you just sit there and listen to him talk all the shit about what he wants to do, painting a beautiful picture but doing nothing. The next thing is this. The situation you see him in, you meet him. Is that situation going towards or trending towards his ambition? Or is it just vacation? The reason why I say this is that many of these guys will wind up doing this as a hobby as opposed to a career. You gotta make the determination because what he is right now may be his career at a time. Now let's flip this over for a second. Some women will go and look at a man just like men look at women from the standpoint of not looking for potential but instead look at as that person is right now. Now the only problem with this when it comes to men a wise man that's not going to show his wealth stay silent. He's not going to be the guy talking all the crap. He's not going to be the guy wearing all the jewelry. He's not going to be flashy. He's going to be conservative. And that works to his advantage because the last thing he wants to do is to get someone that's hunting and pecking looking for somebody that's a six-figure man or that has money. He's not going to allow himself to be exposed like that because he knows the intentions that you may have may not be good. So he wants to meet a woman on a neutral basis. Well, money is not in the equation, just like sex is not in the equation for you. As I told you, I had a friend of mine, he had over $650,000 in the bank. He had over 9200 for it, beat up, but it was clean. When I say beat up, I just mean home. He dressed rather conservative, no jewelry. I was a little bit more flashy than he was. And some of the women would come to me first. Because sometimes they would talk about him. You know, you need to tell your friend how to dress. You know, your friend just, he, you know, he's got potential, but he's not there. No, he didn't have potential. He had success. And he was masking and hiding that success. And what they didn't know, he had $650,000 liquid cash in the bank. I had maybe at best at that time about forty, fifty thousand at best. That's really pushing. He was the one with the money. But the thing was, none of the women knew it. And he used to always tell me at the time. He said it's amazing how they come to you thinking you have it, and I'm the one that does. Yeah, 
I said, so what does that tell you? He said, it tells me I don't need to deal with them. He wound up marrying a plain Jane woman in Utah. I mean, plain Jane. Average looking woman, flannel shirt, flannel shirt, blue jeans, mountain boots. And all of these beautiful women with the nice shapes and the salacious dresses and everything passed them over. to think it's fun. But here's the thing. That's the problem with that strategy that women will try to use as men do when it comes to look. Because, see, women are, women are looking for the guy that's actually displaying where they are in their status. Men look at the physical aspect of the woman. Because after all, that's going to be what he'll probably wind up with. She sees this consolation prize as her. Is it? Now, I know it sounds shallow, but that's the way people are. The other thing, too, is this expectation. Some women who have been burned before by men who had all these lofty dreams and they never materialized, their expectations are lower when it comes down to men with potential. Women who have had success in it in the past look specifically for men with potential and they avoid guys that are perceived to be just the average vanilla guy like my friend. Now, he walked into an inheritance, he had money, plus he had 80,000 a year salary. But that was the thing. Now, another thing, too, that we have to come to grips with, and that is, a lot of times, you hope that this guy is going to be successful. Ladies, if he has not done the due diligence, the legwork, don't spend your time. Because men will lie about careers and about success. The other thing you have to come up with as well is that a lot of these men are going to try to project an image. That Rolex watch you see and all the rest of that stuff. Doesn't necessarily mean he's living good, that means he's presenting well. So you've got the friend of mine that had to Bentley, working the two jobs. A lot of these women thought that he was the shit. Had his white suits. He was living in Thompson. Parked in front of the front yard, and he had a blue tarp over the roof because he was still living in his mama's house in a room. But the way the women looked at it, when he was outside, his car was better than his room. The women never got a chance to see where he lived. Tales all the time. But he knew if he would take them home, and the game over. Just about the end. So, what are the takeaways from this? Very quickly. One, don't start a conversation about money, ladies. I tell guys this all the time. If she opens the conversation with money, walk away.
Some of you are going to be an ass, and you're going to hit her with sex if she hits you with money. Okay, that's even drop. But it's offensive, ladies, when you do that. Ask me how much you make an hour or something like that. If he expresses an interest in something that he has a passion for, his potential, push him on it. Ask him about the stats on it. Ask him about the success rate on it. Ask him about what he's doing. Do you go to get an education in it? Ask him those important questions to get some solid answers. Just don't take the bullshit at face value. Because it could very well be that he's just telling you that to make himself feel important. I remember guys used to hand out business cards back in the day. And some of them would have like 20 or 30 different things that they did. They had a little fine print on the back of the card. From lawn care to auto detailing, you name all that bullshit. But he didn't have a job. because you don't know who you're dealing with. A lot of you ladies lose out on men that way, just like my friend. Oh, he doesn't make enough money. He doesn't make enough. Shit, he has more money in the bank than most people are making their whole career. But they didn't know. And they wondered why this black man went on and married a white woman in Utah. They didn't care about his money. Sometimes it's in the south. More than more. Alright folks, we're going to talk about a different subject here. In our office, romance, I-N-N-E-R-O-F-F-I-C-R-O-M-A-N-C-E. Now, let's make the assumption, we're going to do the single person first. Now, single man, single woman, before you even think about getting involved with somebody, the first thing you need to look at is your company policy. Read it to the left. So you know what you're getting into if you're going to do this. I personally don't recommend that you mess around with anyone in the company. But you're an adult. Make your own judgment. So let's look at some things here. Okay. First off. You get involved with this first. Let's say. Let's look at some of the consequences here. First. The reason why most people get involved in inner office relationships they work in the same department, they work in close proximity. They share things with each other. They share some of the problems they're having, some of the issues. You're staying with this person for eight hours in a confined place, and you get a chance to know them a little bit better than most people. You know, the marital status. You know certain things that they do for a living. You know how much money they make. Now, this is a deterrent for some women because the way they look at it, they wouldn't date someone in the workplace, not necessarily because of ethics or morals. It's because of the fact that he doesn't make more than she does. 
don't get me wrong, there are women out there who would not date the workplace because they want to keep that relationship neutral because they don't want anything in the free of the money, just like men do. Now, the other thing, you're also going to be in a position where you can trauma bond, meaning that something happens in the workplace, you lose an employee, and both of you had a good rapport with that employee. That's a nexus for the two of them. You could have lunch together. You could have breaks together. The conversations can stem from not liking a boss all the way to telling that person about how it is being single. These are all points where the two of you could connect. Now, there's another aspect of it. The salatial aspect. The woman may think the guy's handsome. He may think the lady's fine. They may be kind of awkward before they start actually trying to appeal to each other. But it may happen in a roundabout way where they're working on projects together, doing things together, and then they have a lot of downtime together, a lot of close time where they're in closer proximity. Now, with this, what this means is that the potential for a relationship to spark is greater. And in some cases, what happens is the person knows them very well. Now, this is another key aspect where women may not want to get involved with a man at work because you know that old thing saying, guys, when a woman knows you too well, didn't want to necessarily be with you like that. So this is the reason why the most popular relationship that spawns out of these inner office relationships are sexual. <laughs> now there's some side effects with that. She can get pregnant. She can come down with STD. It could be a situation where she didn't really enjoy the sexual experience. It could be that Maybe he's falling in love with her, or she fell in love with him, but they had an arrangement of no strings attached. They could have a dispute that spills over into the workplace that causes problems. And then both of you are looked upon as troublemakers, and you might be let go. It could be a situation where a person may start to gossip. Then before you know it happens, the department's against you, and the other has for you. Experience, it can get real messy. This is another reason why women don't like getting involved with inner office relationships. Now, what are the incentives for women to get involved with them? She's lonely, she hasn't been with anyone in a while, and she just wants the intimacy. Number two, she wants the attention. There's a difference. With the intimacy, she's already enamored with you stimulated by the cerebral and she wants to see what the potential is as far as her emotional intelligence so she's looking more for a flowing relationship now it's not uncommon for married women to do this over the guys that are in the office except for one thing they would never act on it they would just go to the part of envisioning the two of you together romantically but she knows not to cross that line, not only for a job, but for a reputation and for a marriage. Now, 
the other thing is this. There are women who literally want to go and want the attention so badly that they sleep around with other employees. And this is to go and feed this insecurity she has about herself physically. So she may not be getting anybody on the dating apps, but at work, she used to catch me out. She's like an Instagram model in the workplace. Except everybody's sleeping with you. There are others that are like flirters. They like the attention, but they want the non-sexual attention. So if he makes a move on her, he's in trouble. So guys, you gotta watch that. Now, she may do things such as lean against you, rub her breast on you, whatever. As soon as you touch that woman, you're in trouble. Now, other situations you'll be dealing with. You'll be dealing with women that may not want to even be bothered or involved. And if you're a man and you try to make a move on her, she'll crucify your ass in HR. Watch that. I don't recommend you making a move on a woman in the workplace or even after hours unless you guys are sure or unless it's a situation where one of you are leaving the company. Now, it's not uncommon for a woman who's getting ready to leave the company, getting ready to get fired, getting ready to quit, to screw the guy she wants to in the workplace. Now, this is going to be a turnkey situation. She's not going to care about any repercussions. She's going to go for it, and that's it. Now, others, again, they want the attention. So they'll bring you something like a party for your birthday. And therefore, they expect it to be reciprocated. And it's like this romance that she's actually having in the workplace, but at a distance. So that when she does decide to make a move, it's going to be a little bit more intense. And she may unfortunately flaunt this admiration in front of other employees. What you have to watch out for is that employee that may even have an eye on you or may not like other people being coupled up because they don't have a partner. And they go and they snitch to HR. These are things you have to watch. Or they may say that you were sexually harassing her or she was sexually harassing you. Or even tell your boss or her boss, hey, she's hanging out at his desk too much. She's sitting on his desk like inappropriate. Those kind of things. So be mindful of that. Now, most inner office affairs, they want to keep it on the down low. They don't want other people to know about it. They don't want the bosses to know about it. Definitely, they don't want supervisors to know about it. They want to keep it under wraps. Now, things that can go wrong in these situations. Any of the things I mentioned earlier. Pregnancy, STDs, you guys have an argument, whatever. And then it spills into the workplace. Then everybody knows you're at the mercy of the company. Another consideration too is this. When a person tries to get close to you, they may recommend cohabitation. Hey, you know, you going way out there from West Covina. 
I live over here in Baldwin Park, a little bit closer to the place in the Howard. Why don't we do this? You're paying all that money in rent. We could consolidate to live with me, we'll be roommates, and then we can go off. Well, that relationship could evolve into something else. And then you guys will have to work out a strategy on how you're going to act at work where you don't give up the goods. That means you got to have a lot of protocol, no favoritism, no animosity. You just got to be indifferent as employees. Now, other things. Say, for instance, you and this person you admire are working on the same project, and you guys are successful at it. Well, it gets to a point where you guys are celebrating. You may go out and take the person out to dinner. That person may have other intentions for you than just you celebrating and say, hey, we did it, we had a wonderful tea. She gets a few drinks in her, he gets a few drinks in him, and before you know it, you wind up in a motel. And you wonder what the hell happened, and then you become embarrassed, and you go to your neutral corners, so that nothing else will spark from that. There may be some regret, there may be some animosity, and you have to really be mindful of that. Fellas, if you ever slip up and do this, and she doesn't want to talk to you after you guys have had sex, nine times out of ten, it's not that you were bad or bad. It is because of the fact that she feels guilt and ashamed. She's worried about her reputation. And so she's going to get away from you. She might even ask for a transfer, but she won't mention the reasons why. So keep that in mind. If she goes to HR on your ass, your ass is grand. The woman usually wins in those kind of situations. Even though you get your word against hers, there's going to probably be a little bias. Let me tell you the factors on that. If HR is filled with a bunch of women, if HR only has gay males or transgender folks in there, yeah, they're going to go for the victim more than they'll go for you. You're not the victim. Now, this is not always the case, but you'll find that they're more sensitive to women in that regard. So, understand what kind of risk you're dealing with. Now, the other thing to keep in mind, there will be bosses that will try to talk to you and talk to them as far as extramarital affairs or whatever they may be married. You're going to have to figure out a way, diplomatically, to say no. And my advice to you is, if they are in the company for 20 or 30 years, they've been doing this before, and guess what's going to happen? They're going to still be there doing it. Your ass is going to be the one out. Don't think that just because you go to HR that they're going to rally around you, whether you're a woman or a man. They want their jobs secure. So your ass will be the one to probably have to go as a provocateur. So please understand that particular aspect of it. Because if you don't, I'm, just, I'm telling you, it's going to be very difficult for you to be there. And that person may make it hard for you. They may transfer you. They may have the workload, an excessive workload put on you. That's a, they're gonna, in some way, they're going to get retaliation. But here's the thing. You have to document it. And then when you present it, you hope you find someone that's fair and unbiased. And in many of those organizations, you might not find that. 
They may not even file the grievance, but they'll get you out as a troublemaker. They'll rather write you up than to take the grievance. And this could be for any incremental thing. It depends on your company environment. You see, when they come up with the word fit during the interview, we're going to see if you're a good fit in this organization. That means, can you get along with the ecosystem we've already established? We don't need anybody upsetting the apple cart. So if you get in an environment where everybody that comes in is screwing everybody, you got to navigate around that. But my best advice to you is not to get involved with an inner office relationship. You're too close in proximity. Things go bad. Trust me. It will more than likely get out into the public arena as far as the workplace. Other things. You get into an environment and one of the employees tell you, well, you know, she screwed this guy, this guy, this guy. Or, oh, he screwed all these women. He used to date her. He used to go out with her. Understand that if that person is your manager or your boss, you may suffer the wrath of his mistake with other people, especially if they're over your department and you had nothing to do with it. So be mindful of that as well. We're going to talk about inter-office relationships in just a moment. Now, inter-office relationships are a little bit different. The differences are, you're not in the same department. You don't have the same boss. And one of you may take a liking to each other. Again, you still have to abide by the company policy. Now, there may be some divisions that have a different company policy than the one you had. You may be a contractor. Still, you don't want to dip your pen in company ink, fellas, because you don't know how much it can smear on that favor especially when they're giving you your walk-in favors. Now, another thing, be careful about defending someone in another department if you don't know all the facts. In your own department, you'll have an idea of what's going on because you're in proximity. But if they're writing up somebody that you have an interest in, don't fall on that knife for them because you don't know all the details. And then you'll play your hand that you like that person. Keep it simple. Now, this means that departments can be put against departments based on you guys getting involved in a relationship and things don't work out. Or she gets pregnant. Or some of the things I mentioned in the other one. The one thing that you have at your advantage is distance. So you're not working with this person on a regular basis. You may see them every once in a while. And we have to interact with them. So that gap that you have in space and time helps you. What so didn't hurt you. Now you see a lot of these relationships flourish. Because it's easier to conceal. As long as no one gives it away by showing up in somebody else's department all the time. And not only that. The good thing about it. You could take your time with this. But again, I don't recommend any of these relationships in the workplace. But with this, you do have that at your advantage. Uh, It could be special occasions that your departments are together. 
For instance, an awards presentation, conferences, those kind of things. So they're a little bit more sustainable in the sense that you guys go to a conference. You're different departments. You're representing yours. She's representing hers. And you guys decide to do a little, few little things there. Well, it'll be less noticeable than it would be if you were in the same department. Reason being, you guys are like family in a way people talk quickly. So the word getting back to your department may be a little bit slower. Now, this is not always the case, but usually it comes down this way. But you can always deny because, hey, you have a department and you have people that support you on your side, so it's your word against hers. And then, if so, both of you could just deny it. And that's it. But if she's put it out there or he's put it out there, then you may have a tougher time because you rolling back on a claim of maybe some sort of uh, unwarranted uh, advances or something like that, you don't have a chance in hell. As soon as you walk it back, they're going to look at you funny. So that's the reason why you don't go forward with that if you're getting ready, but it has to be consensual if you guys are going to do it. You don't want to hang out with each other. Whether you're the inner office or inter office relationship, you don't want to hang out with each other too much at work. You want to keep that unnoticeable. You want to be discreet and clandestine. Don't go to the bars and nightclubs anybody else goes to after work. You may want to go to a remote location for the two of you. Stay off of social media. I can't stress that enough. Even if you're an employee in a company and they have a tight policy about decorum and reputation, ethics, no alcoholic beverages in your photos. They will fire you over that. Nothing illegal. They will fire you over that. One guy got fired at a security company because he was sitting there at a party and they had joints in a bowl on a coffee table. And it was in the picture. He got fired based on that. So you don't want to do it. Just don't do it. All right. Other things. Hanging out in the parking lot. That's a no-no. Hanging around in the break room by yourselves. That's a no-no. Now, one thing that happens more interdepartmentally than it does interdepartmentally is that in an interdepartment situation, the two of you may be working on a project late at night and then you're tired, you don't want to drive, make that drive home and you might decide to go to a hotel or whoever's house is nearest. Make sure you understand that whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That's between the two of you. You guys were supposed to spend working and going home. Not working, going home and fucking. All right. Now, another thing with the inner office thing, where inter office, where you have two different departments. Don't get too comfortable if this person has a very liberal type of uh, manager or supervisor and they allow you to hang out there. Don't take advantage of that. That can really come back to bite you. Stay in your area. 
do your work. Don't let your productivity lack because as soon as they see that and they see you together, they're going to put two and two. They're going to call you in and they're going to talk to you about it. Now, the one other good thing about an interdepartmental, interdepartmental relationship over an inner department is that they may not know everybody in your department. You may not know everybody in theirs. So when that person gets ready to depart the company, get a promotion, or go somewhere else, they may decide to go on and do the do with you. But understand one thing. They may sleep with you and then get on, transfer to another department or get a promotion. Be careful about pursuing that because that person may have a different vantage point and they have more to lose, so they may turn on you. They may tell you it's over, it is over. Whenever you hear those words, it's over, that means just that. Don't reinterpret it any other way. Don't fall in love with with any of these relationships in the workplace. I'm telling you now, it's too dangerous. So you don't want to do that, you don't want her doing that or him doing that. Because once that happens, you got to use logic at work, not your feelings. Your feelings get involved in there. You're going to have a problem. Now, some of the things that this person may do, they may change the way they dress. They may change the way they actually interact with you in order to show you that they like you. So, there may be a lot of touching. But if you're a man, don't touch that woman. She could pat you on the back. She can give you a hug about, thank you, I'm glad you got that report done. Do not, do not, and I repeat, D-O not, touch that woman. So if anybody gets written up for anything, it's her. Don't do it. Let her be reprimanded for it. Not you. Because they have a proclivity of making it a sexual harassment type of situation. Don't do it. No matter how provocative she believes she's dressed, no matter how you guys play with each other, don't do it. I'm just telling you. And I'm just telling you things that I've witnessed where people have gotten fired over. The most common thing, as I said, in the inner office, in the inter-office thing, is that person that's in that department or the person that you may like, and they see what they want to see and they file a grievance based on that. I was offended because he was over at the department for 20 minutes and he sat at her desk and talked all day and they basically didn't get anything accomplished. As a business systems analyst, as I was from one company, I learned this because I got a chance to go into different departments and saw the dynamics. Now, another thing. If you're a manager and you're going to have an affair with another manager or going to have relations with the other manager, it never better not come out to the light of day because your subordinates will hang you on that, especially if they don't like you or they don't like the other person because they have a one-size-fits-all one approach to it. If they don't like the other person, you're associated with that other person, both of y'all can go. All right. Um, Favoritism. 
Oh, I'll call Dan over in the so-and-so department. He always knows what to do. Well, if you're reliable and dependable and you're doing good, a, a good job, that's fine. But if that person's calling on you because they like you, be careful with that. People look and notice. Now, another thing with this, getting too comfortable in both of these types of relationships, whether it's inner office or inter office, you start becoming uh, too fraternal, where you guys are calling each other pet names. You're sending each other messages through the uh, portal at the company. Make it professional only. Never have it where it's going to be a situation where we construed as some kind of advance or some kind of salacious interaction. They will get you on it. Understand also, all emails that come in your company that's under their domain is their property. Including, even if you log into your Google account or whatever, and you send someone a salacious email or send them something, it's still theirs. There was a lady a while back that I was reading about. She got fired. Because what she did, she went in the ladies' room, and there was another guy in another department that she liked. She put the phone under her skirt and took a picture and sent it to his personal email. Not through the company email, but being that he looked her up, looked it up on the company's device, he got in trouble. He got fired. So did she. Be careful on that. In other words, I'm saying don't do it. Guys, don't send girls dick pics from the men's room that's on the company's equipment. Don't do it at all, please. Just to help you. Because women don't like dick pics. Well, some don't. Most of them want to do. Mm, I put it this way. You better have a paper bag. All right. Other things. Gawking. Don't do it. Staring. Don't do it. There was a lady that used to work with us. And, well, there were several that did. But this one particular lady loved to wear pantyhose. But the thing is, she wore the crotchless ones. And when she would sit down at her desk, it didn't have a full desk. It was one of those desks that had enough for her to put her laptop on. But when she would sit there, sometimes she would cross her ankles and her legs would open. And you could see the magic thing. Sometimes she would sit there with her legs spread apart. And she'd be into her work. But she knew what she was doing. because guys got a thrill off of it. Other things that I have been privy with in my days of working in IT. We used to have to get down and run cables sometimes. At this one particular company that we were contracted with, we had to run Cat5 cable through the building. And we had to put them in the sleeves in order so people wouldn't trip and tape them down, that kind of thing. And 
this one lady. Fear smelled my fresh vagina. And I was underneath there. And in her trash can, it was that odor. Not the bad odor, the sweet one. And it was filled with wipes. Well, it was only obvious what was going on. She was livid to find me under her desk, hooking up the cable to her computer. And she went to her supervisor and said, oh, you know, was he authorized to do this? And he was like, yeah. Because she was embarrassed. Yes, folks, people do masturbate at their desk at work. Especially if they're alone and lonely. Some of them do. And you'll run across things like that on occasion. Especially if you work in IT. Another thing that we used to see, and there were a few people that took them to the side and talked to them about it. They may have an inner office affair with someone. And this person's actually send them nude photos and video clips. And there was one computer that I was working on because of what had happened. Some of the uh, portions of the disk wouldn't write to, wouldn't be written to anymore. So we had to try to save as much of the data as we could. So I had to do an image of the hard drive. So I did the image, got everything on. The old hard drive, you could hear it whack or whack or whack every time it wrote. And then we went on and uh, installed the new hard drive into the computer. Got everything back up. And we went in to make sure that the Wi-Fi connection was there. The hardwired connection was there. And as I was doing this, the little app came up with the photo gallery. Now, I didn't click on it because it's their business. But I could see there were thumbnails of nude women on there. He saw what I saw. And he says, you're not going to tell anyone. I said, no, but what you're going to do is get that off that computer. By the time I come back here, that needs to be off of it. And it was another employee. In fact, I had to go to her office in a couple of steps. I had a couple of other people to do that. I had to go to her office. And yes, it was on her computer too. You'll run across this, and some people are sloppy with it. I worked for a carrier, phone carrier, years ago, and this individual would call in on a Friday night, along with other people. And these people literally would tell you, oh, I need for you to get on my phone, there's something I need for you to fix. You go on the phone, and they say, I need to go to my gallery. So we're in remote land. You're asking, well, what's wrong with your phone? Just get into my phone. And you get there, and then you look. And they want to show off the pictures. Don't I look good there? Don't I look sexy there? And I can't tell you some of the stuff that I've seen that's unmentionable. And you're sitting there, you say, ma'am, what do you want me to fix on your computer? 
Oh, nothing. I just wanted you to see the new photos I took. You have people that are like that, desperate for attention. So as you can see, this runs the gamut on all kind of personalities, all kind of character, all kind of dispositions. But the one thing that I will tell you, keep your relationship off social media at work and keep it out of the job if you're going to do it, but I recommend you don't do it at all. It's too risky. You never know who's watching you. You never know who's going to snitch on you. And it could be some of the very people you trust, including the partner you're pursuing or that's pursuing you. One moment. Now, the same dynamics take place between married people in the workplace that may be in bad marriages or bad relationships. My word to you is don't get involved in these. And the reason being, these are usually more discreet and more covert relationships. Now, if you're a single person and you find this out, let them get caught. Don't snitch, especially if they are higher than you are when it comes to a supervisor, manager, that kind of thing. And the reason for that is they can make your life a living hell. And I'm sure they already have a plan of denial. Again, these relationships don't last very long on average. So just understand that. Usually married people are a little bit more serious about what they're doing. They're not like many of the singles who are just going and just going to hit it and run. Some of these people have had relationships for years. I'll never forget that one company I worked for as a contractor. There was this lady, this guy there, and when I'd go into their offices in order to Installed the new computers and everything. He had these wonderful pictures of his family, his wife, his dog, horse, and everything. Beautiful office. Got everything situated there. Went into her office. She had a pristine thing of all of her family and wedding pictures and all that. When I finished and I went through the parking lot to go home, had all the equipment and everything set up. I look over, and it's SUV that's parked two cars down from me. Those two were tonguing it up. I mean, he had hands all in bra and everything. Air conditioning on, it was hot as hell that day. And then I just shook my head and I said, well, they're bold. They're going to do it right here in the parking lot. Security guard right there. People walk into their cars, but they didn't care. But you'll find that married people that have affairs at work are a lot more passionate because they have to work at it so hard to get together and to stay together. Now, it's less likely for them to stay in the same department or even in some cases stay within the same company. They would rather leave and go their separate ways because the cost is too high to pay. 
especially if the employees already know their husbands and spouses. So it could be very, very risky. But again, people get reckless and careless, and they don't care. Now, one problem that people have, of course, is that boss that wants to sleep with them. Some of you ladies have faced this, some of you guys have. And this can be rather challenging. I was faced with this a couple of times throughout my career. And you have to kind of delicately navigate it, but document everything just in case to cover your ass. But you got to make sure that you're not consenting. But there are some people that will go and try to consent for you. Especially if they have power in their department or division. Mm -hmm. They'll say something like, well, what are you going to do? You can't tell HR. They're on my side. You're a contractor. You're the odd man out. Because they have it like that. They're embedded like that. Even if you have to leave the job, do it. Because if you don't, and you wind up sleeping with them, you're at their mercy. You could be extorted, a lot of things could happen. You don't want to get to that point. So make sure you kind of stay away. Other things that will happen. You may find yourself being in the eyes of someone else where they're attracted to you and you don't know it. They could be married or single. They don't care. And these people don't care about the consequences if they get caught. It depends on how much you appeal to them and you don't have to do a damn thing to attract them. They're attracted to you. They'll be the fool for you. You got to express that you're not interested. If they persist, tell them, hey, I'm going to go to HR. They should suck and warn Third one, you go to HR. Now, depending on the people there and their ethics as to whether they're going to pursue an investigation or find out what's going on or whether they're going to sweep it on, under the rug and say, get over it, or some will. So it all depends. But then you know what you're dealing with. Because there are a lot of people that will cover each other. They may have worked together years ago in the same department. One got a promotion or went through a transfer in HR and they stick together. A lot of uh, cronyism with that, big time. And therefore, if the person didn't give what they wanted, they might try some sort of sabotage maybe something to the effect of calling you in because you came back from lunch two minutes too late. Something like that. Something to make your world a living hell. This is the reason why you, whenever you get with a company, you want to always keep your resume updated. Because you never know what kind of shit you may face. And it could be that of your own or that of others. Now, another thing to keep in mind, some of you may encounter this kind of person as I did at a company I worked for. 
This lady was very litigious. She was dressed very provocatively. And this one particular time she asked this guy who had just had back surgery to get a ream of paper off the file cabinet for her. Well, he couldn't do it. And I went on and did it. She got upset. She walked out. I'm thinking, okay, well, here's your paper. You wanted me to get it off there and bring it down here, so didn't think anything of it. Before I knew it, my manager said, James, can I speak to you for a minute? Oh, what the hell? What did I do? So he walks me in to the conference room. She's there. I'm there. The HR director's there. There's another witness there and somebody else from our department. And they wanted me to tell what happened. I told them. And they said, well, did he refuse her because she was a female? And I said, no, he had back surgery. He's not supposed to be really here. And I'm thinking, what's so hard about it? And of course, she started wiping her eyes. And I said, oh, I know what this is. Well, eventually, the HR manager saw it through the smoke screen. And what happened, she eventually got fired. This woman had filed lawsuits in many companies she had worked for in the past over that same thing. Saying that somebody wouldn't do something for her because that she was a woman and discrimination was her argument. You'll run across people like that. They have these disorders and they don't care who's the victim. They don't want to be. They want to be the victor. So you will deal with people on these kind of levels. Now, the one thing as an IT contractor, I can tell you, every office environment was different. There were some that I went in, not a damn thing happened. Everything was straight laced, good. People were good. People were respectful, professional, not a problem. Majority of them it was like that. But on some of them, the whole culture of the company was different. I'll never forget this one company down there in South Bay, California, down there near Torrance. It was hilarious. The boss had this blazer, this navy blue blazer, the tan slacks, the white shirt, and the tan tie. Almost every male I saw in that building had on something similar. They didn't have a uniform or nothing like that. But all of these guys were, I mean, testosterone heavy. Talking to each other, arguing with each other because they were positioning and jockeying for position. And it was funny because the lady who guided me through the facility to the different locations, she was telling me, she says, yeah, she says, uh, as you can see, there's a lot of testosterone in this building. I said, yeah, because you were hearing yelling and arguing and shouting matches as you walked past some of the offices. Totally unprofessional. But that's the way they had the culture of their business. And you're going, you're like, damn. 
And then when I'd go back to my boss, the contractor with the the company I contract, and I said, "Well, how did you like it?" I said, "Well, yeah, they, it's a really charged atmosphere in there." He says, "Yeah, I was told that." Did you think that was going to stop them from making money? Hell, no, it wasn't. So it was a mix of different experiences depending on where you were. And you started to see people act, interact differently. There were women that were sitting on guys' laps in offices, joking around. Even when I worked at financial services, the one company I worked for, hmm, we got our bonuses. Guys were slapping women on the asses with money. It was bizarre. But each environment is different. Each one is different. And what I'm saying to you is that the level of tolerance is determined by the leadership of the organization. There are some companies that I contracted with they tolerated certain forms of sexual harassment. Others, uh-uh. The company I worked for, the contract I worked for, they didn't play that shit. Uh-uh. But there were others that did. Now, social gatherings at work, Christmas parties. Please be careful doing those events because sometimes people get a little tipsy. A lot of them would have dry holiday events where they would serve sparkling cider or something. Others had alcohol and depended. But when they get tipsy, sometimes they may go a little bit too far with coworkers. This is something you have to watch if you're an employee. That girl or that guy that may have liked you might try to make a move and make it obvious. Because they may be a little tipsy. Again, I always tell you, the best policy is don't mess with someone at work. Keep your pen out of company ink. Now, married couples that are together, that are married to other spouses, me rendezvous on conferences and those kind of things. And many times they've been doing it for years. So it's not a one-off. Be careful about intervening, about snitching, because you don't know how things are set up for them. They could have their asses covered. Depending on how open they are and how no one says anything will determine what kind of environment you're dealing with. Now, the last thing I'm going to talk about with this sexual conversations at work. Fellas, I don't care how provocative 
on woman talks in the workplace, don't comment. Keep your mouth shut. Let her be the one to say these things. Let the other women correct her, because if you don't, you could be part of the problem. They want to stay out of it. Yeah, I got a fat ass, one lady said one time. She was smacking her ass. And one of the guys said, yeah, it's pretty fat. He was very lucky. Nobody went to HR on him about that. Be careful. Let them do all the talking and the provocative stuff. Best for you to stay silent. Just stay silent. Now, with this, I'm just trying to give you insights on potential things that I've gone through, but potential things you may face and have an idea of how to navigate the waters. The toughest of these is someone that's in more authority than you are in the company that's trying to make a move on you. If they're well embedded in the company and you already see that it's a culture that's tolerant of it, you may want to start looking for another job. Because if you sit there and try to fight toe-to-toe, you're going to be the troublemaker. You will be the troublemaker. Because they protect their own. More in a moment. Now, in conclusion, I've given you several measures about some of the reasons why people do hook up in the workplace. Now, the inevitability is that the majority of these hookups are going to be short-term. There are repercussions from them, good, bad, and indifferent. Now, in inter-office relationships, keep in mind that you guys are like a little family there. So word spreads around quickly. And it could cause problems, divisions, that kind of thing within the organization, within the group. If it's in our office, you have a little bit more leniency in regards to not the policy or anything, but the fact that you guys are not in close proximity. But the rules still apply. Whatever the company policy is, you should abide by it. Now, If you're being intimidated by your boss for sex or something like that, do report it to HR. Don't sit there silently. But understand that there's a possibility you may lose your job, even though you were the victim. I've seen it happen in many of those environments. Another thing to keep in mind, too, is that if you are having an inner office affair or inner office affair, or inter-office of either one. Be careful who you talk to, who you tell. Keep your social activities off of social media. If you're drinking, using drugs, or anything like that. 
don't do it, I recommend you don't do it at all. That includes weapons or anything like that. You'll be surprised. There are companies that have HR people that go on the internet checking out your profiles, doing searches. And God help you if you have somebody that doesn't like you that's trying to get rid of you out of the company. One of the best ways to do it. The other thing. Don't take it for granted when someone tells you no, stop, not interested, let's keep it professional. Any sort of rejection, take that as gospel. Don't take it with a grain of salt. Be careful of being lured into something by a person who's telling you it's okay, you know, uh uh-uh, no, you don't do it. You just don't. About a year ago, a guy wrote me who had lost his job as a security guard because there was a dispatcher at this trucking company and the two of them were the only one in the office, only one around. Now, he was supposed to walk his rounds and not hang out in the office. Well, this particular night, he was there and the woman was rather large, but she was married. And she took him into a hall closet and they had sex. Problem was, when the supervisor came around, he had not made any of his rounds. And he was out there rushing to get through them. Now, the supervisor saved his ass initially, but eventually the truth was found out through the video cameras and everything there in the parking lot, and he lost his job. The one thing I'll say to you, don't risk it. Pussy is not worth your money, fellas. Because for most of you, you're going to need money to get pussy. But if you don't have no money, you don't get no pussy, right? Keep your money flowing. I'm just telling. Because, see, you got to remember, the environment is kind of biased, especially now with this Me Too movement as well. So the likelihood of you being painted a villain is very, very, very high. They even may use the word predator now. You don't want to be that guy. If you're in a meat market, a meat market is a job where it's like a damn near sweatshop where everybody's fucking everybody because after they get off work, they go out and party. You don't want to be part of that crowd. Extract yourself from it. If you're getting special treatment from someone and you know that they have a liking for you, make sure you express thanks, but no thanks, I could still do this. You want to be as independent as possible, not codependent. Understand also people that find it easy to flirt with you, to go and to sit on your desk, for instance, or just be doing inappropriate things. I'll put it that way. They've been getting away with it for a while. And there are others that already know. So, you may be new on the block. This person may have tried to appeal to you. But trust me, they've already done it with others more than likely and gotten away with it. Feel the vibe when it comes down to you going to HR as to whether or not they're going to do something or not. 
Also, understand that you may go in there with a legitimate claim for sexual harassment, and they may want to kill it right there. So just be careful with that. I'm trying to equip you and prepare you for situations you may face. Doesn't mean you have to, because most businesses and many of the businesses that I contracted with and worked with, it wasn't like that on a regular basis. These were incidents I remember specifically. There were others, but the majority of them weren't so crazy or salacious. The majority of them, people behaved. People did their jobs. There was no foolishness. When I was at FEMA, there was no foolishness. When I was at other companies, no foolishness. But there were some, yes. And I found that many of them were smaller businesses. I'll never forget, don't leave you with this. One time, I was at this they processed mortgages at the time. And we had to go in and overhaul their system. At that time, I think they were still using Pentium 166 MMX. And we were going to upgrade them to Pentium 3s at that time. And the executive director of the company, she got into a heated argument with one of the women there that was a manager. I mean, they were going at it, blow for blow. I don't know what it was over in particular, because when I came in office, I thought they'd probably stop because I had to go and upgrade the systems. Uh Uh-uh. And this lady yelled out, well, you didn't have to fuck him, did you? I was quieter than a church mouse pissing on cotton. It was an awkward feeling. I was caught in the middle of something, didn't know. I thought they were going to get into a fight, but the manager finally left, slamming the door and everything. And the lady looked at me and she says, well, hurry up and finish. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm dealing with this kind of shit. I said, if you'd like, I can come back later. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm like, shit. And the whole time, this woman watched me like a hawk. So how long have you been doing this? Where did you go to school? Asking me all these questions. You sure you know what you're doing? Naturally, I got that question a lot because not too many black people working in IT at that that time. And so I went on, didn't say another word to her, put in a new system, took our old hard drive, put it in a new system, fired it up, got it configured, and walked out. By the time I got back to the office, boss is asking, how did it go? I said, well, they were in a heated argument, blah, 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 blah. And he said, oh, well, she wanted to file a complaint. And I said, what did I do? He says, it's what you didn't do. She wanted to talk with you. 
she wanted to interact with you and you steady kept working. I said, that woman was mad at me at the time. She was mad at the other lady for damn sure. And he's like, oh, she didn't tell me that part. And then I explained to him what happened. And he says, oh, well, he said, you know what? This shit ain't going nowhere. These are some of the things you have to face. And in that field, <laughs> trust and believe. There's a lot of things that go on and you scratch your head. The politics in the information technology field when it comes to business is something else. I'm talking about these businesses. And like you would go into one department and you're upgrading their software. I mean, basically modifying the system to make it run better. And they're saying, uh, well, you know, I want to see if we could have a messaging service just between us here in this office. Well, the work order doesn't require that. What they want us to do is to design it where it's workable between all departments. But for me to go in and make it specifically for your department, first of all, I'm not the coder. I'm not going to be coding this. I said, what we'll do is take your needs assessment back to the organization and they will decipher what each department's requirements are compared to what the macro view of everything is because they have certain uh, groups of requirements but when you got down to the individual managers and departments oh they wanted all the bells and whistles couldn't do that So folks, now you have a 360 view. And what it comes down to is something very simple. Keep your relationship out of the workplace. Don't get involved on one inside of it. You'll never win. The company always will. Because they have more resources and they have more people on their side than you do. Don't dip your pen in company ink. The only thing it's going to do is smear. That's it. Trust me on that. I want to thank you good folks for listening and take care. I would like to personally thank you for listening to Romantic Truth. You may follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. You may ask your friends to subscribe to Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth. Or you can leave us a message at Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth backslash message. You may contact us through email at RomanticTruthPodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 
800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.